This year, as part of our holidays, uh, we visited Yosemite National Park. It's one of my uh, favorite places. I've been there a couple of times, and it is truly spectacular. Uh, huge mountains, wonderful uh, pine forest, the possibility that you might see uh, a bear. Uh, certainly, you'll see some deer, lots of amazing wildlife. Uh, the park is maintained by the National Park Service, who look after all the national parks in America. And as seems to be the case everywhere these days, uh, there's little comment cards that you can pick up where you can uh, talk about how you found the park, uh, what you felt of the service that you've received, and any kind of uh, suggestions or hints that they might improve things. And from time to time, uh, the park service uh, publicise or publish uh, what uh, comments and requests people have made. Here are a few. One person wrote... The trails need to be wider so people can walk whilst holding hands. Not too bad. Another one said, uh, the trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. Someone else made a complaint. There are too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the wilderness to rid the areas of these pests. Uh, Another wrote helpfully, escalators would help on the steep uphill bits. And maybe their friend added, uh, chairlifts would be useful. One of these uh, descendants of the pioneers of the Wild West uh, capped it all by adding that it would be nice at the top of one of the trails if there would be a McDonald's where you could eat whilst you enjoyed the view. These folk have come from the views of the mountains. They've come to feel the wonder of the forest. They've come, hopefully, to uh, glimpse a sight of a brown bear. But they want to do that without the effort and the inconvenience of real exploration. They want the wilderness, but they want the wilderness tamed. They want to explore, but they want exploration made easy. They want to experience but without exertion. In the summer, Yosemite is incredibly crowded. People from all over the world coming to see what is going on, uh, what's happening, and uh, feel the wonder of the view, the amazement of the spectacular. Jesus, too, attracted crowds in his day. He excited fans with his teaching. His miracles dazzled and amazed. His announcements that the kingdom of heaven was at hand intrigued and inspired. Thousands came for the experience of seeing Jesus in the flesh. Day-trippers to his kingdom, part-time disciples. In our reading this morning, we see Jesus leaving the crowds behind, heading on away from them. And we see Jesus saying that what it takes to follow him is an all-or-nothing attitude. Jesus is looking for adventurers uh, strong enough to take up the challenge. We're reminded in this uh, reading that being a follower of Jesus is not something that you simply opt into. It's not something that you try out for a bit. It's not something that you play with. Jesus reminds the disciples of his day and the disciples of our day 
that the commitment he's looking for is a commitment that demands everything. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Really? Really, you'll follow me wherever I go. Well, listen to this. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He puts the challenge even more starkly uh, to the second disciple. Words which are even scandalous to our hearing. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Surely everything can go on hold for a funeral. Surely there can be no greater uh, requirement on someone's time than they attend the funeral of their very own father. What is Jesus saying here? What is Jesus asking here? What is the challenge here that comes from him? Well, to understand fully what's going on, you need to know a little bit about the Middle East and the culture of Jesus' day. And one scholar who's helpful in this is a man called Kenneth Bailey, who for 30 years has lectured at the Near East School of Theology in Lebanon. Bailey tells us that this phrase, first let me go and bury my father, is actually a common phrase. Something that people in the Middle East say all the time. You might be asked, are you planning on emigrating? Will you leave one day? Will you hope to travel to America or Canada or Australia or the UK? And you think the answer might be, well, yes. Yes, I'd like to, or, or no, no, I won't. The answer is often, uh, yes, I will, but first let me bury my father. And what that means is, well, yes, I intend to. Well, yes, I hope to. Well, one day I aspire to, but I'm making no plans just yet. I'm not putting anything in motion just yet. I'm not acting on this desire right now. Typically, this question will be asked to a young man in his early 30s. His his father will be fit and healthy in his 50s. He'll have another 20, 30, 40 years of good life. And what the, the man in answering, when he says, first let me bury my father, is saying, well, I'm going to put this off for another day. I'll do it someday. I'll do it that day when my father has died and I've, I've fulfilled all my obligations. All my obligations to my family. All my obligations to my business. All my obligations to my children. All my obligations to my community. When I've done everything that I hope to do, when I've achieved everything I hope to achieve, when I've fulfilled every obligation that I could ever have, well then, then I will think about emigrating or moving house or opening a new shop. Well then, I will think about following Jesus. Jesus is looking for followers. Follow me, he says again and again throughout the Gospels. Uh, Follow me, he says again and again, today, by his Spirit in our hearts. And the answer he's looking for is, I will follow you. Not I will follow you one day. Not I will follow you when I've fulfilled all my commitments. 
Not I'll follow you when I've uh, fulfilled all my ambitions or met all my obligations. But I'll follow you today. Paul writes in the scriptures, if you hear his voice, uh, respond, for now is the hour. People might not say today, uh, first let me uh, bury my father, but they'll say other things. I've loved to be committed, but I've got young children. I've loved to be a follower of Christ, but I'm just starting my career and uh, there's things I need to attend to first. I'd love to be 100% involved, but I've just got married. I hope, I hope to be a follower of Christ one day, but at the moment, my children are really involved in their GCSEs. I've got my business to give my time to. I've got other priorities and other commitments, and when those are fulfilled, then, then I will follow Christ. And Jesus says to each one of us, Come and follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you follow me. That's the challenge. That's the challenge as it's always been, and that's the challenge uh, for us today. And here's the encouragement. If you commit to following Christ, he will never let you go. If you commit to following Christ, he will be with you always. He'll be with you before the storm, in the midst of the storm, and when the storm has passed. And life can be pretty stormy. We've seen that figuratively and literally this last week. Headline of the Financial Times two days ago. UK Chancellor urges calm amid sterling storm. Headlines this weekend. Hurricane Matthew makes landfall. Hundreds die. What is God's word to us in the storms of life? What is the encouragement he has for us in the scriptures when we enter into difficult times? From the Old Testament we have this, from the book of Deuteronomy. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And here are the very words of Jesus in the New Testament. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. The Sea of Galilee is 600 feet uh, below sea level. Uh, It was a tourist attraction in Jesus' day. It's a tourist attraction uh, today. It's a bit like Yosemite uh, there in the Middle East. It had a gentle climate because it was so far below uh, sea level. It was warm when it was cold around. Beautiful uh, lake shores. If you're a wealthy merchant or or Roman uh, citizen, you would travel to the Sea of Galilee. You might bathe there. You might take a vacation there. It was also a place of work. Uh, Fishermen would tend their nets there, seek a harvest of fish. There's another feature too to the Sea of Galilee. It's surrounded on two sides, the east and the west, uh, by mountains. Mountains almost 3,000 feet high, as high as our Snowdon. These have deep ravines. When the wind is in the right direction, they'll funnel that wind down onto the lake. Especially notorious is the east wind that blows over the mountains, particularly during the spring and the autumn. 
When the east wind is blowing, a storm can arise up suddenly, as if from nowhere. The rain lashes down, the winds uh, rise, the waves uh, uh, break over the boats. In Jesus' day, it was not uncommon for, a, uh, in a matter of minutes, a storm to arise and boats to be capsized. A storm is a fearful thing when you're out on the water. And Jesus leads his disciples into the storm. And there'll be times in your life, if you're a follower of Christ, where he will lead you into stormy times. He got into the boat and they followed him. And the storm comes. Sometimes when the storms come into our life, a storm in our finances or a storm in our family or a storm in our workplace, when everything that was calm and peaceful is suddenly uh, turned upside down and unsettled, we, we assume that God must have somehow left us or abandoned us or forsaken us. Or that we've somehow taken a wrong turn and we've lost his blessing on our lives. Not so. Not so, at least not always so. Here Jesus leads his disciples into that storm. And not only does he lead them into the storm, but he's with them in the midst of the storm. The disciples do what they can only do and they cry out, Lord, save us. Lord, deliver us. Jesus rebukes them. Oh, you of little faith. The disciples still have much to learn and we still have much to learn who follow Christ today. And one of the things that disciples have to learn is that no one and nothing will take Jesus' life from him. He will die. But he'll die in a place and a time of his choosing. He will lay down his life on the cross and take it up again in the resurrection. But no storm can take it from him. The disciples had to learn that the safest place you can be is with Jesus. Even in the midst of a storm on a frail boat, the safest place that you can be is with Jesus. And Jesus has power over the storm. The reason Jesus can call others to follow him is because he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And so he can demand the ultimate uh, commitment from us. He can offer the ultimate challenge and promise the ultimate comfort. I'll be with you always. And the winds die down and the waves go calm. He leads them into the storm, he's with them in the storm, and he has power over the storm. So where are the storms in your life? In your family, in your relationships, in your workplace, in your finances? Where are you in the midst of those storms? The safest place you can be is with Christ. It was the 1939 broadcast that established the Royal Christmas Broadcast as a British tradition. Dressed in the uniform of the Admiral of the Fleet, sitting in front of two microphones on a table at Sandringham, King George VI 
uh, spoke to offer a message of reassurance to his people. It was a landmark speech that was to have an important effect on the listening public as they were plunged into the uncertainty of war. A new year is at hand, he said. We cannot tell what it will bring. If it brings peace, how thankful we shall be. If it brings struggle, then we will remain undaunted. He went on to quote from the poem, The Gate of the Year. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better than light and safer than a known way. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, you call us by your Spirit to follow your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we hear your call. Give us the faith uh, to follow you. And Lord, give us the confidence to offer uh, the storms of our life to you. That we might know your presence, your strength, your comfort and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Band are going to come back. We're going to sing again. This time, uh, your love never fails. And Hannah's uh, going to introduce this for us.